presence. In 1907, Anna Jarvis started a campaign and movement for the national recognition of mothers. This special day would fall on the anniversary of her mother's death, and it began locally in Pennsylvania in 1908. And it wasn't about till six years later where President Woodrow Wilson decided that he would make the announcement to the nation that the second Sunday of May would be the National Day of Recognizing and Honoring Mothers. Today is the second Sunday of May, as you all know. It is the National Day of Recognizing and Appreciating Mothers. And as much as we appreciate our mothers, as much as we love mothers, we certainly do not want to give the impression that we're setting aside the Lord on this day to recognize the national holiday. However, that being said, celebrating and honoring mothers has always been a biblical subject that God has been pleased with. It doesn't take you long in opening your Bible. It's as early as Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, where you read of the Ten Commandments, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land upon which the Lord your God is giving you. And it's repeated again in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 6, 2 and 3, Honor your father and your and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with you and that you may live long upon the earth. It's a verse that you might have noticed that there was no limitation to the honoring. You might have noticed that it was not restricted to a day. It was not limited to a certain time, a time period, where if you get past this time period, you can stop honoring your mother. You didn't reach a certain age. There's no graduating from that point where you could stop honoring your mother. It's a continual process. It's a, it's a continual process every day, and this nation happens to honor it on the second Sunday of May. But according to Scripture, according to God, every day is Mother's Day. God has blessed us with mothers. It's one of the most difficult and demanding jobs in the world. Mothers are expected to work their shift 24-7, 365 days a year often with very little pay, and often with very little respect from the world, often with very little appreciation, with very little sympathy coming even from their own households. No other job in the world is as rewarding and as demanding and as as heartbreaking as motherhood. It's because of the difficulties and challenges and because of the incredible responsibilities to motherhood that somebody decided that we need to honor that woman. Romans thirteen seven says, Render therefore everyone to whom they're due, taxes to whom taxes are due, custom to whom customs, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor. Mothers are certainly due honor, and it is our privilege to render her her just due. Because when we honor our mothers, we are in, in actually we are honoring the one who gave us mothers. We are honoring the God of heaven by honoring mothers. And so this evening we're going to be talking about how, how we can honor our mothers. And I appreciate David's sermon this morning and talking about what a, a godly mother possesses and the qualities therein. And this evening, I would like for us to shift focus a, a, a bit and, and talk about how we who are not mothers can honor our mothers. More specifically, this is a sermon that's geared more toward the younger people. The children, if you might, it's teenagers. Who, if you have a mother, young people, 
How can you honor your mother? And so whatever spectrum you find yourself on, if you consider yourself young at heart, doesn't mean your older folks can go ahead and tune this out. You can still learn something. You can still make the application. But we're going to be focusing on the younger people. And it's also geared towards, considering the fact that we talked about godly mothers, it's also geared toward the godly mothers that we're going to be honoring. So how can we honor our mothers? Well, the Internet seems to be full of suggestions. Uh, There was an advertisement that says you need to honor your mother by getting her this thing. Trust us to make mom feel good. How? Uh, Well, it was an advertisement for flowers. Flowers is how you honor mom. Uh, For the mom who has everything, you need to get her this. It was an advertisement on Amazon. For the mom who has everything, you need to get her this gadget. This gadget is what she needs in her life. That's how you honor mom. Honor mom with some delicious chocolates and all good things. And I suppose that there's no mother here who would decline to have those things. But flowers fade away. And, 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 and chocolates don't last. I can assure you, being a, in, the, in the Barker household, chocolates do not last. So how can we honor our mothers? Number one, heed her instructions. Obey your mother. This might seem like an obvious point. Listen to what she has to say and obey it. Ephesians 6, 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise. It's really how you honor your mother, by obeying her. Mothers teach. They offer their wisdom. They give their counsel. They provide instructions for life. And contrary to what the world might teach you young people... Your mother's instructions are not designed to make life miserable. They're not designed to take the joy out of life. Her wisdom is not meant to take the fun out of life. Why, Why obey your parents? Why obey mother? Ephesians chapter 6 verse 3 says that it may be well with you. And you may live long on the earth. I suppose everybody seeks a long happy life. Live long and prosper, right? Young people, what you need to understand is that you don't need to go on that journey and find yourself in order to find that long, happy life. You do not need to heed the world's instructions when they tell you that to find a long, happy life, that it means a freedom from rules. You only live once and you need to go on your journey and find yourself. You need to have a party. The Bible comes right out and says where you can find this long, happy life. It says, if you want a long, happy life, obey your mother. Proverbs chapter 1, Proverbs 1, 8 and 9, we see the benefit in obeying mothers. It says, my son, hear the instruction of your father. Do not forsake the law of your mother. Why? For they, that is their commands, will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. Proverbs chapter 6 verse 20. My son, keep your father's commands and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. And when you awake, they will speak with you. For the commandment is a lamp and the law a light. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. When a faithful Christian mother is offering her counsel, what needs to be understood is that her instructions are designed to give you the best life. 
The Bible compares heeding her wisdom to wearing beautiful jewelry. It's a crown, a graceful ornament upon your head. It's like chains around your neck. That's what the Bible says. And when you refuse her instructions, when you disobey your mother, it grieves her much like it grieves God when his children disobey him. Why? Because he wants to be a tyrant? Why? Because your mother wants to lord it over you? Because she wants to make life miserable for you? No. Because when you disobey, she now has to watch the one she loves more than anything in the world walk away from the best life that they can have and walk into their own hurt. It grieved God when he had to watch the world in Genesis chapter 6, and all he found was that people were evil continually. And it grieved God because he knows that now he has to punish when he wants to bless. There is no parent in the world when having a child, they look forward to the punishing. Let me rephrase that. There is no good parent in the world that looks forward to the punishing. It's why parents have children in the first place for blessing, not cursing. And it grieves God to see his children walk the path that ends in their destruction. And it grieves mothers much the same way when she has to watch her child walk down the road that that is not the best place for their life. That if they continue on that path long enough, she knows it ends in their demise. Young people, you have no idea how much your mother prays for you. You have no idea how much she longs for you to make the right choices in life, to walk the right path, and listen to what she has to say to heed her instructions and counsel. She knows about life. She's been 14 and 15, 16, 17, 18 years old. You have never been her age. She knows about life. Heed her instructions. You want to honor your mother, obey her. But then secondly, show your appreciation for what she has done. No Proverbs chapter 31. We've already noted that, that motherhood is demanding. And Proverbs chapter 31 is a popular passage around this time of year. It gives us insight into the work that mothers do. And usually when we refer to this chapter, usually we're, we're extolling the virtues of a godly woman and a wife. And, but the activity in this section of scripture is the activity of a mother. Note some of the th- things this mother does. Proverbs 31, beginning in verse 10, says, Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. He ter- trusts her to manage the home. So he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil. All the days of her life she seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She's industrious, a hard worker. She is like the merchant ships in verse 14. She brings her food from afar. She does not do what is convenient. She does not do what is easy, but she does what is best. Verse 15, she also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. Verse 19, she stretches out her hands to the distaff. Her hand holds a spindle. Verse 21, she is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. 
Verse 24, she makes line, uh, linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. She clo- makes herself clothes. She makes her, her children clothes, her husband clothes. And, and, and the clothes, that she makes them to, to sell in the marketplace to make more money to provide for her household. Verse 26, she opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is a law of kindness. She teaches. Verse 27, she watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She's not lazy. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. The hard labor and the early rising, using her skills for her family, managing the home. Mothers give their lives for their families. And what that means, young people, what that means, and I can't say this enough. When your mother is telling you, no. When your mother is telling you that you cannot have that thing. When your mother is telling you, no, you cannot go to that party. You are not allowed to retort at that point, you never give me anything. You are not allowed to come back with, you never give me anything. Because her entire life is dedicated to giving you everything she has. Her entire life is dedicated to you. Note 2 Timothy chapter 1. How can we honor our mothers, listen to her, heed her instructions, obey her commands, trust her as the guide of life, then show her appreciation for how much she gives, but then thirdly, make her faith your faith. Extend her legacy. Make her faith your faith. 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning in verse 4. And here we find Paul. He's the aged preacher writing to the younger preacher called Timothy. He tells Timothy that he's been praying for him. He's been thinking about Timothy. He's been praying for him without ceasing. He says night and day he's been praying for him in verse 3. He greatly desires to see Timothy in verse 4. He's mindful of his tears. And most likely tears shed on, on Paul's behalf. At this time in, in Paul's life, he finds himself in prison. And according to tradition, not long from now, Paul will be executed at the hands of Nero. And so Timothy is shedding these tears for Paul, his mentor, his spiritual father. And Paul says he's thankful for Timothy. It, 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 it gives Paul joy to think about Timothy because he thinks about Timothy's faith. And then he says in verse 5, When I call to remembrance that genuine faith that is in you. And then he brings to mind the names of two women who played a significant role in Timothy's faith. The faith that was in Timothy, the faith that now gives Paul comfort as he's facing execution, Paul says that faith came from somewhere. It was a faith that Paul says, dwelt first in your grandmother Lois, and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded, is in you also. How can we honor our mothers, make her faith your faith? We actually see that happening twice in the passage. The first is when Eunice makes her, her mother's faith her own faith. And the second is when Timothy makes his mother's faith his own faith. And we see that faith being passed down from generation to generation. And is being passed down through mothers. 
And Paul says, I'm persuaded that that genuine faith that was in your grandmother, that was passed down to your mother, I'm persuaded that that faith is in you also, Timothy, and it's genuine. And so we see the two honoring of mothers. Eunice honors her mother and Timothy honors his mother. I suppose that it's safe to say that the gift that any mother wants more than anything in the world. Any godly mother would want more than anything in the world is for her children to be spiritually secure. That gift that your mother wants more than anything. Far above the jewelry. Far above the chocolates. Far above that gadget that she doesn't have. Is the assurance that when she leaves, when it's her time to depart this world, she knows what's going to be happening to her children. She will see them again in glory. The faith that was passed down to Timothy by his mother, it's genuine. The question is that we might ask this evening, how did it get there? How does Timothy have that faith that was in his mother and it was in his grandmother? What what did his mother do to pass down that faith? If we can remember where faith comes from, then we perhaps have our answer. Romans 10, 17, we find out that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Scripture. Godly mothers share Scripture with their children. They teach them the Scriptures. In fact, notice chapter 3 of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. Paul tells Timothy, But you, Timothy, you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood. From childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ. From childhood. The home is an institute of higher learning and the first subject that parents, that that godly mothers teach their child is the knowledge of God. They might begin with the stories. My mother began with the stories. She began with with, uh, stories like creation and and the parting of the Red Sea and and, and you see the the flood and and uh, Jonah and the fish and and she the Bible puzzles and and the hand puppets, sometimes the songs and and the stories. and, And as that child progresses, they start memorizing things. They start memorizing the days of creation and the names of the prophets and the kings and the name of the apostles. And they get older and they start memorizing verses. They start memorizing passages. And as they get older, they start getting more engaged. They become a part of the sermon. They start highlighting their Bibles. They, they start taking notes when, when the preacher is up there giving the lesson. And, and they start getting more involved in church. All great things. All great things, but ultimately, it's not what the mother wants. All great things, but ultimately, it's still not what mom wants. Because what mothers want is that for her, that her child's faith be the same as her faith. You see, up to that point, what her child has been doing is what her, his or her mother has expected him or her to do. That child's faith is still not their own. 
You see, all that guidance and all that counsel and all that instruction toward her children is with the hopes that her child is going to make her the happiest woman in the world, that instead of following her, he or she makes the decision and says, I want to follow Jesus. Listen, young people. Your mother does not want you to become a Christian simply to make her happy. She does not want you to become a Christian because that's what she believes. She does not want you showing up to church because that's what she does. She does not want you showing up to church because you might get in trouble if you don't. What your mother wants, that genuine faith that is in her, she wants it in you. Because if you have it, there is nothing that the world can throw at you. You are going to remain faithful. And that gives your mother a peace and assurance unlike anything else in the world. No other gift in the world can give that to her. Paul was Timothy's spiritual father. He most likely converted Timothy in one of his missionary tours. And here Paul, facing execution, he's comforted. Because he calls to mind Timothy's faith. Facing execution, Paul says, Timothy, I know that the the faith of your grandmother and the faith of your mother, I know it's in you and that gives me comfort because I know when I'm gone that you are not going anywhere. You will remain faithful. Young people, you want to honor your mother. Search the scriptures to find out the things that she is telling you if they are so. Weigh the evidence and draw the conclusion. Commit your life to the conclusion of the evidence. Commit your life to the God of heaven and and trust the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding of things. Grow in your relationship with God. Let God lead you. Let God guide you. And assure your mother, assure your mother that when she leaves, when it's her time to depart this world, assure her that you are not going anywhere in the faith. You will remain faithful to the God of heaven. As greater than any gift you can ever give your mother. You want to honor mother, heed her instructions. Don't forget what she has already given you. Tell her how much you appreciate her. Never forget the sacrifice that she made for you. Now she has given you, give back to her. Extend her legacy. Make her faith your own faith. What a blessing God has given us in mothers. And if you've been blessed with a mother who has demonstrated the love of God, may you extend the same with as much love, compassion, and dedication and devotion as they have shown you. For this evening, we extend to you the Lord's invitation. If you're not a Christian, it's what you need to be. Become a child of God. It's really the same invitation as becoming a Christian. Luke 8.21, Jesus says, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. And when you open up the word of God, we find the, the, the commandment that you need to believe. 
John 8, 24, John 3, 16. Believe that there is a God of heaven, that he created all things. He created all things in six days, six literal days. On the seventh day, he rested. Believe that he is a good God. Believe that there's such a thing as evil. Believe that there is such a thing as sin, and you have a sin problem. Believe that you need a Savior, and that Savior came in the form of a man. The deity took on flesh, and he, he experienced life as a human being, and he was, he, he was put to death on that cross. He was buried, and he was resurrected on that third day. You need to believe that. You need to believe that there is life in no other name but Jesus, Acts 4.12. Unless you believe, you will all likewise perish. Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Luke 13, 3, that's the next command. You need to literally change your mind. You need to literally have one way of thinking about sin and change it to another way of thinking about sin. You need to forsake sin and follow after righteousness. You need to repent. But then confess his name, Romans 10, 9 through 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And then be immersed in water for the forgiveness of your sins. Acts 2.38 Be baptized into Jesus. Galatians 3.27 It's how one calls on the name of the Lord. Acts 2.21 Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And now in Acts 22.16 And now Peter and Paul rise up. Why, why are you waiting? Rise up and, and wash, be baptized. Washing away your sins. Calling on the name of the Lord. Won't you do that here this morning, this evening, if you have it? And if you have, you know, sometimes God's children can act like the world's children. Sometimes we forget what our Father in heaven has done for us. Sometimes we forget all that He has done for us. And we can start acting like the world's children when we say, You never let me do anything, I can never have anything. And then we go off into the world and we start doing what the world does. And, and we, we start acting like the world. God would, would want nothing more than to have you back. And so we extend to you the Lord's invitation to come back, make things right with the God of heaven. He'll have you back. There's nothing that you can ever do that is too much for God to handle. And so we extend to you the Lord's invitation to come back if you left. Come if you haven't come. And if we can do anything to help you move closer to the God of heaven. We ask that you please make it known. Let's stand and let's sing.